Blog Talk Radio. Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Franchise Interviews. From Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. It's an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs along one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Jesse Kozlov, the founder and CEO of The Dog Stop. And The Dog Stop provides premium services and retail experience for dogs and their owners. Their one-stop shop focus allows pets to enjoy boarding, dog daycare, grooming, and training all within the confines of one facility. We're going to talk to Jesse about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems, which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. 
That's FranchiseTeacher.com. Or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one one I'm your host, Marty McDermott, and I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Jesse Kozlov, the founder and CEO of The Dog Stop, and The Dog Stop provides premium services and retail experience for dogs and their owners. And let's go right into our interview with Jesse Kozlov. Miguel. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm well, thank you, Marty. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jesse. It's great to finally have you on this show. We would like to ask our guests, where are you calling from today, Jesse? Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, fantastic. It's nice to have – we're actually in eastern Pennsylvania, Jesse, so we're about okay. uh, 300 miles from you. Yeah, I was going to say, other side of the state. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, throw off, Jesse, I thought, you know, maybe we can go back to the beginning because we started the show 15 years ago and we found that, you know, every franchise seems to have – a fantastic story, and your story seems to go back to 2009. Maybe we can go back to that time. Sure, absolutely. Um, it really, uh, you know, my my uh, ideas probably started before that, but it kind of all came to fruition in 2009. Um, you know, I grew up, always had dogs in my household, uh, at least two mm-hmm. of them uh, throughout high school and college. Uh, I uh, volunteered at rescue organizations and, and uh, you know, made the uh, the uh, leap, uh, much to my parents' chagrin, to get a dog in college. And, um, you know, I really uh, became very, very connected with my dog and realized I, you know, wasn't alone as the dog had kind of taken this uh, uh, position of almost like a child uh, in my life. And, and I noticed it happening to, you know, everyone around me. And as I started exploring, looking for places that I felt comfortable taking my dog for, you know, the necessary services of boarding right. and grooming and training and finding the retail products, um, I felt that there was, you know, a lot that was uh, left to be desired. Uh, I kept running into what I would hear were industry standards, which were just roadblocks for me as as a mm-hmm. dog owner. And um, I decided to try to, uh, you know, come up with a, a better version of it. Um, you know, there were really three key elements that uh, really were, were uh, offensive, if you will, to me or, or roadblocks mm-hmm. for me, you know, being comfortable. The first of which, and, and largely uh, still exists to this day, I, I find in the industry, is a lack of transparency. Uh, I think for people right. to be, you know, 100% comfortable, they have to, you know, feel uh, feel the trust, feel the love, and by providing complete right. transparency, that's the, the easiest way to do it. So, uh, you know, at the dog stop, you walk in. It doesn't matter if you've been a customer for five years or you've never been there before. You ask to take a tour. Uh, you know, within a few minutes, we're going to get you in the back. We're going to show you around the facility uh, and let you uh, see exactly where your pup is going to be playing and staying. Right. Uh, right. Piggybacking on the transparency, you know, customer service, uh, for whatever reason, was was lacking. Uh, and this mm-hmm. industry as a whole often uh, treated customers as if it was their privilege to pay 
the, the kennel to, to watch their dog, right. you know, when in fact right. every other service industry is it's the opposite. The customer is always right. What can we do for you? How can we, you know, help, help you out? Uh, and, mm-hmm. and really the, the transparency and the customer service were the two foundational elements of the dog stop. And then um, as we started exploring the industry more, um, I knew it was a big frustration for me that, you know, I had found four different places that I really liked to care for my dog, one for boarding, one for daycare, one for grooming, mm-hmm. uh, and, and another for training. Um, but, you know, in, in a busy uh, working individual schedule, you, you often don't have time to, you know, source four different places and then, right. you know, right. Uh, right. to, to vi- visit them on a regular basis. So sure. um, the idea kind of came into focus as, okay, I'm going to create a you know, one-stop shop for, for uh, you know, all of the pet care needs and just ensure that there's that 100% transparency and best possible customer service. And uh, the rest is kind of history. You know, we opened up our first store. I do have a, a business partner who was instrumental in this and getting this off the ground with me. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, we, we opened up the first store in 2009. It grew very, very quickly. I uh, had people come in from, from much farther away than we anticipated. And as we started talking to them, they wow. kind of echoed, uh, exactly what we had set out when they said, you know, we're here because you gave us a tour on the first day and you've treated us like family. Right. Customer service has been incredible and, and it's a one-stop shop. So, um, you know, and as the industry has, has grown, I think, um, you know, all of those elements are, are even more in demand and, and uh, you know, people's time is extremely valuable. So that, that convenience and, and uh, you know, accessibility to all the services under one roof is, is uh is really what, what makes us unique, but also, I think, you know, makes us um, so valuable in, in our pet parents' eyes. At what point, Jesse, did you know, I guess, that you were ready to, to franchise? So you started the concept in, in 2009. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting, in doing the show 15 years, you know, a lot of times we hear from a lot of, like, the founders of the organization, you know, that people will say, you know, are you a franchise or, you know, um, I wish I owned one of these. How did you know when, when you and your business partner were ready to franchise the concept? So, you know, one of the elements that I think makes uh, our brand and really any anybody who's looking to get into pet care specifically successful is, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have a, a local tie. You have to be part of the community. Um, you know, right. people aren't, you know, looking for some big, you know, corporate entity to be caring for their pet. They want to, you know, Again, they want to feel the love and they want to know who is, is in charge and, and who they're dealing yeah. with. So as we developed our first three stores here in the Pittsburgh area, we knew we could, you know, certainly develop a few more in Pittsburgh. But as we right. thought about, you know, how do we expand and continue to grow this, uh, I was mm-hmm. very concerned that, you know, if I opened one up in, you know, in Eastern PA and you're 300 miles right. away and you come in and you take the tour and you love it and you come to find out that the owner right. lives on the other side of the state, it's kind of sure. a, a strike one right out of the gate that, that's a little bit of a concern. Right. So it was that, that concern um, paired with um, a, uh, a, a family friend who um, I had always known but didn't really know what he had done and, and I ran into him one day and we started talking. It turned out, you know, he had been mm-hmm. very successful in franchising for a long time. And he said, hey, let me come down and take a look at your business, spend a day with you and just see, you know, how – you know, how, how, at least in my mind, this would potentially work as a franchise and how it, you know, could fit into, um, you know, the, the you know, is it easy, replicable, and can we document all of this? And, right. You know, is, it, right. is the price point right and all of those things? So um, once, you know, meeting with him and, and doing a lot more research on the industry and, and really thinking that made the most sense for, you know, uh, how we could grow this business and ensure that 
pet parents, wherever we opened up a dog stop, would still have a, you know, a local owner on the ground who is really part of the community and could really kind of be the champion of the brand for us in that individual market. Uh, we decided mm-hmm. to, to give it a go. And, um, you know, we've, we've always, uh, much like we, we do things a little differently in pet care, we've tried to do things very differently uh, in, a, in a franchise uh, uh, space as well. Um, right. Again, luckily, our, our kind of advisor impressed upon us the importance of, of taking things very slowly, uh, slow and controlled mm-hmm. growth, and, and also right. making sure you put the cart ahead of the horse and having a much bigger support sure. team, uh, in place than, than you would ever need. Uh, you know, don't sell first, build the team first, and, and then worry about right. the location. So we were very fortunate to have a, a good advisor in the early days. It's amazing how the you've grown up with dogs your whole life, and, and so have I, Jesse. But, you know, it, it's interesting how, you know, dogs and even pets, I guess, in general, have, like, elevated in society. You know, I, I, I tell a story of um, I had a friend recently that, that got married, and she, in the wedding pictures, she had her two dogs in there as the family picture. You know, and it's just interesting sure. how the dog has elevated in society, you know, and, and your service is really so important. You were talking about the, the significance of trust, you know. I mean, is that, you know, someone goes on vacation, they, they leave their pet. I mean, they're, they're, you know, worried, you know. It's like leaving a child, you know. So, I mean, your service is so important. And, you know, it's interesting because you provide a lot of different services too, Jesse. I mean, maybe, you know, you could touch upon, you know, all, all the different services that the Dog Stop provides. Yeah, I mean, our, our real goal and mission at the Dog Stop is to help pet parents, dog owners, be as loyal to their dog as their dog is to them. And, you know, it helps. Uh, and, and we're able to do that um, through lots of services that we provide in store when obviously you're not available, whether you're at work or traveling. But we also try to expand upon that and, and also give you the tools to be a better pet parent when you're at home with your dog or at the dog park or right. walking down the street or wherever you may be. So that's really where the, the full service model comes into play. Um, Obviously, overnight boarding, um, you know, is, is what most people think of as, as kenneling. When you go away on vacation, mm-hmm. you need someone to watch your dog, so you drop them off. Um, our experience is, is a little different. All of our boarding stays mm-hmm. include uh, full days of doggy daycare, so your dog is not just in a, a room. Uh, we're a cage-free facility, so the dogs have rooms, not cages. Um, uh, so the dog is out playing all day long with other dogs, uh, appropriately grouped uh, by age and, and size and play style. Right. Um, so, so it is a very uh, uh, interactive and stimulating experience, mm-hmm. and we really try to focus in the daycare side of things on not only physically stimulating the dogs, but also mentally stimulating the dog. And you can, you know, you can right. wear a dog out much faster by mentally stimulating them than you can physically sure. stimulating. But it's very, very important to combine both of those elements into, uh, you know, an interactive daycare experience. So boarding and daycare are certainly two of the biggest key uh, services that we offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, grooming, uh, grooming can be anything, mm-hmm. you know, from a quick, you know, nail trim or, or ear right. cleaning all the way to a full groom, which would be, you know, a bath, a brush out, a, a haircut, uh, ears, uh, nails, uh, uh, the works. So um, grooming is, is um, you know, certainly uh, I'd say it's probably our third uh, most utilized service and, and rapidly mm-hmm. growing. Um, you know, right. people are becoming much more aware of, of the health and wellness benefits to, to right. a proper um, grooming routine. Uh, you know, four right. to six weeks is, is the typical cadence that, that most dogs need. Um, and then we also offer um, uh, obedience training. It could be everything from, you know, private one-on-one lessons in your home, mm-hmm. private one-on-one lessons right. in, our, in our location, group classes, 
um, we have in-home services, which would be uh, dog walking or overnight, overnight pet sitting or pet transportation. Wow. Um, and, and then lastly, we have a retail store, which um, we've worked really hard to procure what we believe yeah. to be the best uh, foods, toys, treats, accessories, uh, wow. over-the-counter medicines, supplements, you name it. So every product that we carry, it serves a purpose. So when you come in as a pet owner and may not even realize that, that uh, there's something that you can prove from a health and wellness or nutrition perspective with your pet. Uh, we have products there to help with that. And, um, you know, we've, we've, we're very proud that, you know, a lot of our customers who come in and maybe it's a, you know, first time or two when they drop off rewarding, they're dropping uh-huh. off their dog with their, you know, specialty food from a veterinarian and then, you know, two or three prescription medications that are meant to right. address a, a variety of different issues and, uh, we typically, uh, over the course of, of several weeks or months, are able to um, transition them into uh, another food and then through other supplements and, and over-the-counter uh, medica- medications uh, and taking more of a homeopathic approach, um, get them pretty much off of all prescription foods and medications uh, and actually mm-hmm. see much better results, which obviously is, is you know, the ultimate goal. So um, we really look at it as a, a uh, you know, 360-degree approach to helping owners right. be as, as loyal to their dog as they can be and, and allow them to be the best owner they can be. You know, and speaking of, 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 you know, dogs as an industry, Jesse, I mean, I don't know the numbers, but I, I, I mean, I imagine, I mean, your industry, it's safe to say it's, it's a pretty big industry. And, you know, it seems like there's always a little bit of growth in your industry as well, isn't there? For sure. So it was, it was, uh, it was actually somewhat surprising, I think, to uh, even us in the industry, especially over the last few years. I mean, obviously the pandemic mm-hmm. was, was extremely challenging for, for uh, you know, almost all businesses and certainly ours right. where, um, you know, on average 40% of our revenues come from overnight boarding. And when people stopped traveling during the pandemic, that meant that there was mm-hmm. really no boarding to be had. So, um, right. but um, the, the industry numbers as a whole, um, we've seen incredible growth. So, uh, the newest numbers just came out for 2021, but as you go back a little bit, um, U.S. pet spending um, was at about $97 billion in 2019. Oh, it went up to oh my $103 billion in 2020. And then the numbers oh that just came out for 2021 are $123 billion. So it grew by $20 trillion from 2020 to 2021 oh despite the pandemic and, and everything else. So, yes, people, uh, you know, I – personally think it's it's you know you hear in the news that oh there's a million new dogs out there and if anyone you know right. tried to ad- adopt or or rescue or right. purchase a pet uh over the pandemic it was very challenging the inventory was extremely limited which is great you know so um that oh, did yeah. lead to what they're estimating you know more than a million new dogs in the u.s um but That's i think more than that i think it's also um you know we were just you know, stuck inside or, or trapped uh, at home right. for the last, you know, 12, 18, right. however long with our pets and right. have such a better appreciation for what, what, what the dogs need and, and, you know, maybe recognize they're not as well behaved as we thought or, you know, have, have right. engaged in new types <laughs> of activities to connect with our dog. Um, and, yeah. and as we are now starting to go back to work and back to school and, and back to, to wherever it may be, um, you know, the, the dog, to your point, which is so quickly risen, the social hierarchy is, is at the mm-hmm. very front of our minds. And we are looking for, okay, you know, what, what's Fluffy going to do today when I go to work? So um, right. I think that which, which was certainly a, a big driver in our industry before the pandemic has, has been magnified. And, um, you know, the dog stop is, is perfectly positioned to capitalize on that, given all the different services that, that we offer and kind of that one-stop shopping experience. 
Do you think, it sounds like you kind of maybe hinted upon it, but was, was COVID attributed to that growth, you think, Jesse, to some extent? Um, I mean, because, I mean, that is significant growth. I mean, you know, one of the themes we've mentioned throughout, you know, the, the 15 years of doing the show is look towards the industry. And when you, you hear those numbers, I mean, they're so impressive. But do you think COVID had something to do with it? Yeah, I mean, I do. I think... Um you know, I think you just, you know, us, you know, humans is uh, by nature, you know, over, over mm-hmm. with all that time spent at home and, you know, with our devices, right. there was a lot right. of, That's what I was thinking. you know, learning, right. learning and, yeah, learning and research to be done and, and right. you know, gravitating towards our interests and, and getting more involved in, in pets, dogs in particular, especially with millennials, who who is, you know, one of the fastest growing ownership segments of, of dogs. Um, you know, I think there was there was a lot of time and effort put into, again, how, how do I become a better pet owner? How do I connect with my dog better? How do I right. you know, improve upon, you know, his life and therefore my own and, and so on and so forth? So I do think, um, you know, that certainly has, has added to it. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I forget if it's, it's J.P. Morgan or Morgan Stanley, but they now have a mm-hmm. desk in their New York headquarters that's specifically do- devoted to the pet uh, industry in the U.S. And Is that right? they're projecting that by... Yeah, that by 2030, um, I believe they're projecting it will be a $250 billion industry. So that is basically doubling from where we are now in 2022. Oh, my gosh. Eight years. So no, no signs of slowing down. Right. Those numbers are so impressive. How has technology played a role in your business today, Jesse? I mean, whether it's, it's social media or just I'm sure you're using technology different today than, you know, back in 2009, but what role does technology play yeah. in the dog stuff? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've always tried to, to lean in as, as heavily as we can. Um, again, mm-hmm. you know, going back to that, that transparency, which I feel is so important, you know, one of the easiest ways right. I feel that you can do that is, is to provide the live webcam. So uh, at any mm-hmm. time um, during the day, people can log in and see their dog, you know, running around and, and playing in our facilities and, and um, certain kennels even have cameras on them, so you can you know watch your dog sleep at night if you like to. Twenty four seven access. So right. that has always been something wow. that, that um, you know even even in the early days we we believed in. Um, certainly, as you mentioned, um, social media is huge for us. Just being able to connect with with the pet parents out there, and um, not only is it is it a you know an extension on that. Um, ability to, to create uh, optimal transparency, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. a huge marketing tool as well, obviously, because people love to share uh, pictures of their pets and, and uh, right. you know, when they're having a great time and, and we capture, you know, wonderful events at the dog stop, we share them and, and then they share and, and those things, you know, really spread around and, and are a great way to, to build new customers. Um, but, you right. know, as we've um, kind of grown and matured, um, we brought in a, an investor partner last year, um, who we're super excited about, and they're really going to help us um, kind of leverage technology and really um, kind of expand upon um, what we have been doing. And, and, you know, pet care in general has largely been a very untechnological industry. You know, there's just only so many ways that, that you can really integrate the, the technology with pets, you know, taking out mm-hmm. the whole veterinary side of things. Um, but right. we have uh, a whole bunch of projects underway that, that we're super excited about that will really, you know, again, increase the transparency and, and give pet owners um, just so much more insight into, you know, uh, how their dogs are doing and what their dogs are doing and, and kind of, um, you know, create some, um, 
you know, kind of uh, benchmarks for, you know, their friends right. from a health and wellness perspective and, and vitals and things like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants a healthy dog. And, you know, just like humans, you you got to uh, achieve that through, you know, some level of fitness and, and nutrition. And, and uh, there's, you know, lots of cool piece of technology out there that, that we're going to be leveraging to, um, you know, from a, from a more from a fitness perspective. Um, right. to, to be able to provide those insights to, to their owners while, while their dog is in our care and, and ultimately, uh, you know, hopefully that will extend to, to the owners while they're, you know, at home with the dog as well. One of the, the biggest challenges, I think, for, for any franchise, Jesse, again, in, in doing this show so long now, is, is finding franchisees that are a fit for your model. So that being said, I mean, what types of characteristics or traits are important to you before taking on a new franchisee? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, every franchise, you know, has certain, you know, uh, commonalities in terms of you right. have to be a hard worker and you have to be well capitalized mm-hmm. and all that short. But, sure. um, you know, I, I often uh, like to think about it um, as this kind of spectrum of, of, uh, the, of individuals who would potentially be interested in this. So at the one end of the spectrum, you have people who are just, uh, you know, total dog nuts and just obsessed right. with every dog that right. they see and mm-hmm. dogs are their world. At the other end of the spectrum, right. um, you know, and, and as we were talking about, you know, how this industry is growing so rapidly, you know, you have the, the Wall Street, you know, banker who doesn't really care about dogs but thinks it's a great business and wants to get involved. Right. So obviously mm-hmm. either end of that spectrum, probably not going to be as, as successful as, as they could just because at the dog end of the spectrum, you get so wrapped up and focused on each individual dog that you lose sight of the fact that there's 100 dogs in the building and, and that this is a business and in order for you to be able to continue to provide care for, for the long term for mm-hmm. all the dogs, that the business has to be successful. The other end of the spectrum right. being the Wall Street you know, side of things you know, you, you can't run this business by a P&L. Um, you have sure. to be able to make, um, you know, those those concessions necessary in the name of customer service and building goodwill. And, and you know, when, when things go wrong, you know, when, when dogs get sick, when dogs get injured, when dogs get a bad haircut, when a dog doesn't like the dog mm-hmm. that they bought, you know, you, right. you give them a refund or you get them back in to fix it. Right. So, um, right. it, it sounds like there's a huge middle ground there, but... Yeah. Um, you know, you, you also at the same time to be a successful owner in that kind of middle ground, you have to kind of wear both of those hats. You know, when you're talking to the customer, you have to be the, the dog obsessed person. And, and, you know, when you're running the business and, and trying to, uh, you know, ensure that, you know, things, things are, are going to continue to grow and, and are sustainable. Yeah, you have to wear, you know, the Wall Street hat a little bit. So um, it takes definitely, I'd say, a well-rounded person. But, you know, you got to love dogs. You, know, you got to love business. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, where I see um, just in general in franchising and, and, you know, I'm always very cognizant of it is, you know, I think a lot of people underestimate, you know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and everybody thinks, you know, right. that, that that's what they were meant to do. And, you right. know, unfortunately, I think some people don't realize until it's too late that, Owning a business is, is, is certainly not for everyone. It's very tough. It would right. be everyone would do it. Right. And, you know, exactly. for certain personalities and certain types of people, it, it can be overwhelming. And especially when you look at businesses like ours, I think sometimes mm-hmm. people can, can fool themselves and, and um, you know, just kind of uh, overlook all the things that should be potential red flags, knowing their own personality and, 
and how difficult, you know, whether it be employee management or, you know, just uh, the accounting side of things or whatever it may be that may not, you know, right. get into their wheelhouse, but they're like, oh, but it's dogs, and I'll get to play with dogs every day, and this will be great. So, you know, I, I, um, I've learned over the years that it's important to, to arguably spend just as much time trying to talk somebody out of doing this and pointing out all the red flags as it is into trying to sell it because at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it, a franchise agreement, it's, it's at least 10 years, and that's way too yep. long to be stuck in, a, in an obligation, a commitment that, you know, you're not happy with, and, and, and you know, you don't, we, we don't want any regrets. So, um, right. you know, to your point, it's, there, there, there's a big spectrum of people who can find tremendous success with us and in this industry, um, but it's also, you know, just important to, uh, to be honest with yourself and, and recognize that, sure, yeah. yes, this is going to be great. I'm going to bring a much-needed service to my community, and it involves dogs, which I love and I'm passionate about. But this is still a business, and, and it's not, you know, right. it's not all roses. So it's, it sounds like you learned that, too. I mean, you know, dogs were, were certainly your passion. I mean, weren't they, Jesse? You know, and, and, but, you know, as you're, you're just talking about this, you know, is, I'm sure you've had all that experience as an entrepreneur, didn't you? You said, you know, it was, I think it's great mm-hmm. that you went into something that you were so passionate about, you know, and, and you get to work with, with dogs every day. But, um, but the entrepreneurial side is what you're saying is it's much more challenging than people uh, expect or anticipate, isn't it? Yeah, it is, especially, you know, until um, your your organization reaches a, a certain size, you know what I mean, when, you know, a lot of people find themselves in this, you know, okay, we're, we're you know, we're, we're too small for this or we're too small for that, and once I get there, this will be much better, but, you know, that, that, that sometimes takes months or years for people to get to the point right. where they can bring in other people to help them with those elements of, of running a business that they may not enjoy doing or, or that may bring them, you know, stress and anxiety, so... Um, there's no right. doubt. I mean, it's it is. Um, you know, I there, there's no other industry that I would I would uh, see myself as a part of. Um, yeah, you know, being great. able to do something that you love and that you're passionate about yeah. is is huge. Uh, and I certainly you know recommend that to anyone out there who is looking to get you know involved in their own business and, and kind of pursue their entrepreneurial dreams. Make sure it is something that you love that you care about, that you're passionate about. And, you know, if, if that's the case, the money will come. But, you know, I, I find that right. for most people, if, if you just chase the dollars and you're not as worried about the, the content of, of what is producing those dollars, it's, it's going to be much less fulfilling and, and you're likely to burn out right. much faster. What, what is the training like, Jesse? I mean, once you decide that you mm-hmm. want to come on board yeah. as a franchisee, so do they come out to Pittsburgh for that or is that how that works? Yeah, so um, really, I mean, our, our support, you know, I tried to build a program here that, you know, again, not knowing, you know, where our franchisees are coming from or what their background may be, that, right. that is built to support in any and all aspects of, of the kind of startup process. So, you know, initially, right after signing, we get on with the real estate team, we start the site selection process. Um, as we, you know, hone in on locations, we get the uh, the project management and architect and, and um, you know, construction team involved to, you know, start, you know, identifying potential costs of each property. Um, but as we, you know, the, and, and of course the moment a lease is signed and we have a physical address, that's when all the marketing mm-hmm. kicks in and we start promoting the location right. and coming soon. Um, also, more or less from day one, we start you in, we have a program that kind of gets our franchisees, um, you know, up to speed on, you know, the, the who, what, when, where, and why of the dogs 
stop. Right. So as they go out in the community, they can start, you know, becoming that brand ambassador that we would like them to be. Um, but when we get into the real kind of, you know, operational side of things and that training, mm-hmm. yes, there um, we have a, a, a huge um, online um, uh, learning management system, kind of an online mm-hmm. school. Um, a huge right. uh, video archive of, of training videos and things. So we want to cover as much as possible of the classroom materials prior to coming to Pittsburgh so that we can really focus right. on in-store operations. Um, so, you know, there's, there's you know, probably 40 or 50 hours worth of coursework that happens prior to coming to Pittsburgh. Wow. And then the, the owner, along with, um, you know, two to four uh, kind of management-level uh, uh, employees, comes to Pittsburgh for a week, uh, and again, it's probably mm-hmm. at this point about 80, 85% um, in-store hands-on operations, um, so they really get to, you know, kind of learn on the job as opposed to, you know, just learning from a classroom. Um, and then uh, we are back on site, um, so that usually happens about somewhere uh, three weeks to a month prior to the opening of the store, if we want it to be fresh in your mind and not have, you know, too many people on payroll for, you know, prior to the store opening. Uh, and then we're on site um, for the week of the grand opening, a few days before and a few days after, uh, just to ensure that there's smooth opening and, and we send out a variety of personnel for that opening um, to to kind of ensure that you know all of the different um, disciplines are, are understood and, and being run properly. Uh, and then there's a lot of ongoing support. Um, you know, obviously that online school is always available to, to new employees right. coming on. That's great. Uh, and we're constantly updating that coursework, and, and we do a lot of visits, and uh, we have, you know, weekly uh, weekly check-ins and monthly calls and, and all kinds of things to ensure that um, no franchisee is ever, you know, unable to, to find the support that they need to, to flourish in their business. That's great. Is there such thing as a, a, a typical day, Jesse? I'm sure every day is probably a little bit different, but I'm sure there's some similarities as, as, as well. How would you describe maybe a, a typical day as a, a dog stop franchisee? Yeah, um, and and it's something that's um, probably evolving a little bit. Um, when we started mm-hmm. off, we had more um, what I would call owner operators. Um, right. And, you know, we kind of learned a, a lesson which, you know, it's one of one of the more cliched adages in, in the business world, but it's just so incredibly true for us especially, and that right. is it's really hard to hard to work on the business when you're stuck working in the business. So, <laughs> um, you know, we, we've, we've been kind of transitioning and, and um, um, uh, correspondingly finding a lot of success as, as our owners kind of transition to a semi-absentee role. So as opposed to right. buying themselves a job and being the general manager who's there, you know, 40, mm-hmm. 50 hours a week and stuck behind the counter, we are putting in place management teams to really run the day-to-day operations, and the owner is then able to focus on those bigger picture tasks, supporting their operations team, focusing more on marketing, the financial administration, and, and really business mm-hmm. development. Um, you know, there's a tremendous amount of, of kind of what I call organic or grassroots marketing opportunities that exist for us in this industry um, that really move the needle and drive a lot of business to your store, um, you know, as opposed to, you know, the more traditional and, and you know, digital marketing, you know, uh, tactics that are out there. So right. um, most of our franchisees at this point, I would say, you know, either um, still have, uh, you know, another job in, in corporate America uh, or they have, you know, um, we actually have a few of our crowd to say who have recently retired from their corporate job and, and are kind of managing this, you know, full time now. Um, but uh, we have transitioned to more of a semi-absentee role. So it's more you know, stopping in the store, making sure everything looks good, mm-hmm. you know, three, four, five, five days a week, checking in with the general manager, talking to the staff, talking to the customers, 
um, you know, those type of kind of, you know, overseeing the actual physical location and then working with us at corporate um, to ensure that, you know, our marketing plan is, is, is maximized. Um, you know, really, you know, we, we like to make sure that everybody is an expert of the numbers of their store, um, you know, just really? so they know exactly what's going on and, and we're ahead of any, you know, potential, um, um, you know, changes in, in directions or, or um, the patronage at any of the different service levels. So, um, mm-hmm. we, we're really trying to, to build a little bit more of a manage the manager type of system. Uh, and, you know, that, that's really proven to work extremely well uh, for the last uh, group of, of franchisees who have come in and gotten open. And, um, you know, kind of the next wave coming in are, are all pursuing that, that same ownership model. Um, and, you know, not only does it allow for greater success at that, you know, first store, but obviously it then sets them up uh, and positions them appropriately to be able to open, you know, second, third stores and help us develop, you know, a, a larger portion mm-hmm. of their market, which, you know, I think is, is the ultimate goal for, for most of our franchisees. Studying your background, Jesse, you know, I, I can see, you know, you are a, a real entrepreneur. I mean, from, from everything you've learned up to this point, you know, because now, now, I mean, that, that you're involved in franchising, you know, that, I mean, there's, there's so much out there today. And, and in doing the show such a long time, we, we find that a lot of our listeners in, in the early phases, they're a little bit confused, you know, because there is mm-hmm. so much out there. I mean, so from everything you've learned up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise. You mentioned passion early on, which, is, which of course, is important, but is there anything else that you would kind of um, advise to our listeners? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, you're right. I mean, I think it's a combination of factors have led to this just kind of explosion of opportunity for entrepreneurs. And, right. you know, the Internet, mm-hmm. I think, has driven a lot of that. Um, so, yeah. you know, that's one really big differentiator between, all right, is this a brick-and-mortar business or is this, you know, purely, you know, online or, or you know, business-to-business sales, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I mean, passion is huge. I mean, I know it's, it's again, it's, it's so cliched, but, you mm-hmm. know, the whole, you know, you never work, you never work a day in your life right. and you're doing something that you love. Sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. Um, you know, I would say also, you know, very important to look at, you know, as, as you said, the the trajectory of the industry that, that you are entering right. into mm-hmm. and, and, and where, you know, that, that's, that's one of the things I love about our industry from, you know, a competitive perspective, you know, there's, there's not, you know, these huge players out there that just totally dominate the industry and make it really, really hard for, for new people to break in. Uh, customers are always going right. to choose um, in pet care perspective that, that, that facility that, you know, meets, meets all of their needs. And, and a lot of those come mm-hmm. down to, um, you know, the, the, the trust and the love and, and feeling good about it. So, um, no, but the, the passion is so important, finding something that, you know, again, you know, recognizing that, you know, business ownership is, is you know, probably 70% great and 30% really difficult. And, and right, being, right. being able to get yourself as comfortable as possible with percent and knowing, you know, being, being honest and, and real with yourself about, you know, how that's, that's going to, how it's going to affect you and, and how you're going to deal with it. And, um, you know, when you talk about franchising more specifically, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't have to tell you this. There's so many new franchise concepts every year and yeah. just about as many, you know, close the doors every year. Right. Um, you know, and I think, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, I think it's so important to talk to the franchisees of the system. You know, don't, don't yeah. just listen to, 
to me as the owner or the salespeople, right, make sure right. you talk to the franchisees and, and hear what it's actually like. And um, I think it's also really important to ask what they did before they were in the franchise because, oh, you know, somebody who, somebody who owned a bunch of businesses beforehand is probably going to have a much easier go of things than somebody who has no business and right. no ownership experience. So ask the franchisor to connect you with people who have a very similar background and, and situation to where you are coming from because that is most likely going to um, mimic your, uh, you know, first few months and years uh, more accurately than, than somebody who's, you know, owned 10 other franchises before. Um, and then lastly is just kind of a, you know, word of caution is just, you know, I, I always like to, to inquire about, you know, sold to open ratios. I think that's mm -hmm. a, a potential big red flag for some brands. And, and I said it earlier, you know, a lot of people go into franchising with really good intentions, um, but you right. know, somewhere along the way they, they get hung up with, you know, different development uh, professionals who say, okay, well, in order for this to work, we got to sell a ton of these. And they sell, 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 and, you know, lose sight of the fact that, that's only, you know, well and good if you can support all those franchisees and get them open and they find success. So um, right. sold to open ratio, I think, is, is, is an important, just when selecting a brand because there's so many choices. Right. You know, you're, 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 that's uh, arguably one of the biggest uh, biggest decisions you make is, you know, which, which brand you, you hit yourself to and, and you know, that's going to mm -hmm. be your 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 support uh, support uh, team for for the for the foreseeable future. And so right, a, a, an important decision and not something to rush into. So if you can look into a crystal ball, Jesse, I mean maybe you know three years, one year, five years down mm -hmm. the road. I mean, where do you see the dog stop? Yeah, I mean, um, so you know, as I mentioned earlier, we brought in a new partner who's who's helped us not mm -hmm. only um, by by bringing um, you know capital to the table, but more importantly, just a ton of incredible operational experience on the on the franchising side of things. I mean, I know my team is as good as it gets from the dog care side of things, and it was important to me to find a partner who could really help us navigate the growth that we knew that was coming from a franchise perspective, and, and our new partners have done that. They've, they've built, you know, best-in-class systems in, in, in several different industries, most recently in the fitness space with, with Orange Theory Fitness. Um, so, you know, we definitely have uh, some, some exciting growth ahead of us. Um, we're off to a really strong start here in 2022. Um, we, we've already sold uh, roughly 15 territories in 2022. So, you know, I, I think um, where we are right now, we have 22 stores open. We should be at about 30 by the end of this year. Um, next year, you know, I think we'll probably open somewhere in the 15 to 20 range, uh, you know, putting us close to 50 total open. Uh, the year after that, we'll probably double that up, uh, you know, and aim to open probably 30 or 40 uh, and, and kind of continue on that, you know, uh, within reason, uh, you know, growing, um, you know, roughly, you know, 2x what we had done the year before, um, you know, to the point where, you know, hopefully we have, you know, 150, 200 of these open in the next five to seven years. I think that's very, very realistic and, and achievable. And, and um, you know, we've built a support staff that that'll certainly allow us to, to you know, to, to get there over the next two or three years. And we continue to add and build our internal team as if we already had 100 franchisees, even though we only have 20. Um, right. And I think that's the only way that you can, can ensure that, that you can handle the, the growth that, that lies ahead. So we're all about putting the, the cart ahead of the horse from a support perspective, and we feel that if we do that, uh, all of our franchisees will be successful and, and the growth and sales will come uh, accordingly. What's the best way, Jesse, for our listeners to get more information on the dog stop? I mean, of course, there's the franchise opportunity, yeah. but even the services itself. I mean, any websites you can kind of sure. direct them to? Yeah, just thedogstop.com. Um, 
it's a, uh, you know, from there you can search and see if we have a location near you yet. Uh, hopefully we do. Okay. Uh, you know, we're in 12 states so far and, and rapidly growing. Uh, and then, um, you know, there's also, you know, plenty of information on the same website, obviously, for uh, franchise opportunities. If, if anyone would like to connect, uh, they'll be speaking to me very early on. I get involved in the process very early because, again, I think it's, it's, it's very important. So thedogstop.com is the place to go to okay. learn all about us. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you today, Jesse. And I'd like to invite you back, if it's okay, over the next year or two as you continue to grow, because I think this is a wonderful franchise opportunity. Thank you, Marty. I really enjoyed it as well, and look forward to connecting with you again sometime soon. This has been my pleasure, Jesse. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com. Or you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Today's great quote in franchising is being brought to you by Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com. Or call us at 561-385-3032. 
Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time we've had some incredible quotes on our show. Today you're going to get to hear from Nick Friedman, who is the founder of College Hunks Hauling and Junk and Moving Franchise Opportunity. And Nick said something really quite brilliant on our show that we haven't heard in over a decade of doing franchise interviews. We started speaking about the four F's of franchising, and interesting enough, we ended up with five F's of franchising as we were doing the interview with Nick. And, um, you know, in marketing, we talk about the four P's of marketing, which is product, price, promotion, and place. So I thought this was really brilliant, what Nick said. So here we go with Nick Friedman, the founder of College Hunks Hauling and Junk Moving Franchise Opportunity. What, um, you know, the majority of our listeners, we call them Nick, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. What types of characteristics do you look for in your franchisees? You know, uh, what I like to say is there's four F's when considering mm-hmm. a, a franchise, which is also, I guess, starts with a letter F. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. four F's that come out of a franchise. And I think this is what a prospective franchise should think of when they're considering what franchise they want to pursue. And this is, quite frankly, I think what franchisors should consider when they're evaluating a prospective franchisee. Uh, so right. the first F is fit, is fit. You know, do they mm-hmm. fit? In other words, do they have transferable skills that can make them effective at this business? Have they done anything in their prior professional uh, or personal lives uh, that would make them uh, be successful in this type of business? Uh, the second piece is the family side. In other words, does their family uh, support them in them pursuing this endeavor, right. whether it's their husband or wife or uh, uh, kids or, or parents? You know, do they believe in them? Because you don't want things to get tough in their inner circle to say, I told you so. You want them to you know, right. kind of cheer them on to get through it. Uh, the financial piece is important. In other words, are they capitalized yeah. to be able to invest in the opportunity, and do they have realistic uh, financial expectations? And then the last F is the fun factor. You know, can we have fun working with this individual? You know, franchises yeah. very much like a partnership, even though that's not typically called that. Uh, so it, you got to have you know uh, an alignment of vision and values to be able to enjoy working together. So that's really what we look for. You know, we, we want people that believe in the secret sauce that we've already developed. Mm-hmm. We don't want somebody to come tell us that they think it should be done differently. Uh, we want them to tell us that they believe in, 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 in what we've created. And, and sure, we would, you know, want to continuously improve and encourage ideas, but uh, not, you know, we want folks that believe in the system and are going to execute the system rather than trying to shortcut success by doing it, uh, you know, doing it their own way. And I think that's, you know, really no different in our system than any other franchise uh, uh, model that, that is, uh, is going to be successful long-term. They need to really take into account those factors. That's Yeah, no, that's great, Nick. We have this uh, great quotes in franchising podcast. Anytime we hear, you know, Michael Gerber has been in there a couple of times, but we're going to put that one in there because I haven't heard that in, in, in over a decade, and I, oh, I think that's great advice to our listeners. It's really fantastic because it's true. I mean, you could really – your business, you could teach to anybody, couldn't you? I mean, pretty much, you know, it, but, you know, it's interesting in putting those factors in there, you know, like family support, you know, and even at fun, I haven't heard that, you know, but it should be an enjoyable business. And, you know, because it is a stressful situation for the customers, I guess you got to be able to put a smile on your customer's face, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, as you know, there's over 3,000 franchise opportunities out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to separate one from the other? It's, it's got to be something that you can enjoy. And I guess I'll grab another F out of there. I'm, I'm on a roll here. Fulfillment. You know, is, is it something that, yes. uh, you know, we're going to be fulfilled doing day in and day out? Because I think franchising is a lot, a lot like a gym membership. You know, if you join a gym, you've got business yeah. goals. 
you're getting access to all types right. of equipment, personal trainers, coaches, workout groups, but you still got to go and show up and do the work. So if you buy a franchise, you're getting access to the business model in a box. You're getting access to trainers, coaches, you know, fellow franchisees that you can, you know, hold each other accountable with, but you still got to show up and put in the effort to, uh, to execute that business model. So uh, that's where I think those, those factors come into play. Once you decide that, you know, you do like them, you know, and they like you, Nick, you know, and, and there is a fit, you know, what is the training like? I mean, do they typically come to Florida for training? How does that work? If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Nick Freeman of the College Hunks Hauling and Junk Moving Franchise Opportunity, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com, go to our Franchise Interviews by Category page, and then go to our Home Repair and Improvements page, and you'll be able to listen to that whole show with Nick Freeman. It was really a fantastic interview. It was great to finally have Nick on the show. And lastly, we'd just like to thank everyone for making this podcast such a big hit. It's hard to imagine we've been doing it now over 10 years, and uh, it's just amazing to see where the podcast podcast is gone. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes and Franchising sponsored by Franchise Interviews. Take care everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews.